Hello and welcome to The Sound Architect. I'm joined by the wonderful Sissy Jones. Thank you so much for being with us today, Sissy. It's great to have you. How are you? I am doing very well and thank you so much for having me on. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Now, before we discuss Firewatch and many other exciting projects of 2016, tell us how you first entered the world of voice acting. (laughs) Well, uh, I used to be a working stiff. Um, I, I always like to say, if you remember the the beginning of Fight Club with Ed Norton, kind of. <laughs> I am Jack's bored brain. <laughs> yeah, I worked in the Silicon Valley for almost 10 years. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where every morning my alarm clock would go off. And the first thought that ran through my head was. <laughs> 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 and so, um, you know, I was getting ready for work one morning and I heard uh, Nancy Cartwright, who's the voice of Bart Simpson on the radio extolling the virtues of, you know, voice acting and how wonderful it was. And she said, you know, you guys here in the Bay Area, you're so lucky you have one of the best schools in the country for voiceover. And that day I got on the phone and started taking classes and cut to five years later, we moved to Los Angeles. I'm, I have an agent and I'm doing this full time and I'm so grateful. (laughs) Just excited to have left the office. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) I am Jack's excited brain. (laughs) (laughs) Was there any particular moment that you would say was your, your big turning point? Because obviously you got training and everything. Was there like a key moment where you're like, yes? Yeah, actually, the school that I went to was, um, you know, I say school, but it was just a bunch of classes uh, with really cool people. And there was this woman named Eileen Casas, and she had been there for a while. And she was, you know, one of the senior students, if you will. And she kind of took me out to lunch one day and she was like, you have it, you know, I have a workout group. I'd love for you to join it. And, you know, I really want to help you get there. And getting that boost of confidence from someone that could spot talent and, and a future, yeah, <laughs> that was what I needed. And it, it just propelled me to never stop. It's one of those things that is constantly sort of amazing and wonderful about the VO business is you hear these stories of other people helping each other. Whereas in acting, you don't always hear that, you know, you always hear like a lot of people are out for themselves, but seems to be refreshing. And that's that's the great thing about voiceover is every single person I've met, with a few exceptions, but <laughs> most every single person I've ever met is so supportive and so friendly. And it's like, if I didn't book a job, I, I love it when I find out one of my friends booked it. It's just, it's a great community. Voice actors are the best. And that's it. It's not like a competition, is it? It's like a team. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is funny because we are in direct competition with each other, but it's not, (laughs) you know? Yeah, exactly. So throughout that point, that was your big turning point. Is there anything in your career so far that you would say is your proudest moment? (laughs) Um, Before Firewatch, which, which definitely takes that crown now, it was The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead was really my first job um, as Katya. And gosh, to be included in that project when it was just lightning in a bottle and to have that experience and meet those people, the other actors, the director, the writers, Sean Vanneman, who wrote Firewatch was the writer on the walking dead, you know, that experience. Um, wow. What an intro. (laughs) And what was it like working on that project? I mean, was it a standard audition process to get in? And Mm -hmm. yeah, I auditioned for all of the women. I auditioned for Clem. I auditioned for Lily and, and Carly. So you know, I had a callback for Katya because my the first time I did the accent, it was terrible. But Sean heard something that he liked. And so I had a Belgian friend and I just followed him around with a tape recorder for way too long. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also this great online tool called the International Dialects of English Archive. And if you hadn't checked that out, go check it out. It's fabulous. But uh, I re-auditioned and I booked it. And going in, you know, it was Telltale was just this 
small company back then and and they had a vision and and they were passionate about it. You know, I moved to LA halfway through the recording process, but I got the script for episode three and I immediately wrote back to the director and I was like, awesome, I'm so excited. Maybe I can fly up for the next session. And then I read the script and I was like, oh. But the coolest thing about that project was that, you know, normally when you record a video game, you record in a vacuum and you may or may not work with other people on the game and you may or may not ever know that you worked with them on a game. But this one was so intense and so (laughs) intense is really the only word I can use to describe. So when I met these other people, the other actors, Melissa Hutchison, you know, Owen Thomas, Gavin Hammond, Nick Vigil, Nikki Rapp, like we all became friends because it was such a unique experience. And that just doesn't happen often with video games. I remember meeting Dave Finoy for the first time and I, and I, I walked up to him and I said, Dave, I'm Katya. And he goes, Katya, oh my God. (laughs) So that was, that was really something else. And then, you know, obviously getting to work with Sean, who's just amazing. So The Walking Dead, I would say up until now was was my greatest experience, but Firewatch has just been in another class all on its own. So on the flip side, then we covered your proudest moment. How about the most challenging? Mm, The most challenging was um, when I got replaced on a game and I'm not going to say which one, but uh, I had recorded about 30 hours and I was super excited. And then they decided they wanted a celebrity and, uh, and I got the boot and that sucked, but you know, that does suck. As my agent says, you're nobody until you've been replaced. <laughs> <laughs> is, that a, is that a common phrase, is it? <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, live and learn. Yeah. Kind of makes me think of when we spoke to other voice actors and they say, well, you know, you can't take re- rejection personally because it happens so much. Yep. <laughs> it's basically just an exercise in learning to deal with rejection. <laughs> <laughs> Not to put anyone off. But you've also done quite a lot of motion capture there, haven't you? Is there anything that you you would kind of say to anyone who hasn't done it that they should maybe prepare themselves for? Get used to memorizing lines. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the thing you thought you could get away with. Yeah, so I I don't have a a big stage background like so many amazing performers do. Um, And so my first foray into mocap was um, a little jarring. You know, you'd get the script the night before and it was like, all right, get your lines known. Oh, crap, really? (laughs) (laughs) But it was it was cool to see the different side of it, you know, having to do multiple takes to make sure that the motion is right instead of the acting, you know, whereas in voiceover, it's like, okay, let's do another take and give it more bloggity blah on this line. But to be like, I want you to stand up and put your hands on your hips. What? (laughs) Yeah, now I have to do stuff with my limbs. (laughs) This trickery. (laughs) Yeah, it's fun. It's a whole different facet to the business. And I love it. And did you kind of find it challenging to because I know that I would having to think about where my body goes and where I'm doing everything as well as doing the performance. Do you think that that was a bit of a challenge to get used to? It, it is. And especially if you're used to being, you know, in a booth behind a mic and it doesn't matter what you're wearing or if you put on makeup that day, because I know you wear a lot of makeup, Sam. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> For me as well, I got pregnant during the mocap shoot. It was about a year long shoot. And uh, the way that you hold your body starts to change when you're pregnant. So oh, yeah. it was like, um, I don't know if I can sit that way anymore. <laughs> I will try not to waddle. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out all right. It did. It did. They were great. They were super, you know, friendly and, and accommodating and it worked out very well. Awesome. And that's what you want. Now, you've been in some fantastic games already. I mean, you've been in Life is Strange. You've been in Arkham Knight. You've been in Halo 5, just to name a few. Would you say, I mean, we've talked about proudest and challenging and things, but what about a favorite role? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming I'm discounting Firewatch in these questions until we talk about it. Favorite role? Gosh, it's so hard. I mean, it's like Sophie's Choice. How do you pick a favorite? You know, they're all they're all so fun, and and some of them are so meaty and so 
engaging and hard to leave behind. Um, I loved Joyce on Life is Strange. I loved her, her kindness and her heart. I loved Katya because she reminds me so much of someone in my own life that I look up to greatly. And I loved Shell because she had compassion and, and fire. I loved Jolene because she was just batshit crazy. It's, it's so hard to pick just one. It really is. I, I, I know that's so cliche and I'm sorry, but it, it's really hard to pick just one. Hey, no, I, I can imagine it would be really hard to pick of, of the variety of characters you get to play. Yeah, I've been, I've been really lucky and very fortunate. Okay, then. So we've all been waiting for this bit. Let's talk about Firewatch. Exciting stuff. Yes. For the benefit of our listeners, tell us a bit about your role and a bit about the game itself. So Firewatch is set in 1989 in the Wyoming wilderness uh, of the Shoshone National Forest, and it is stunning. You play as Henry, who is a man kind of in uh, midlife crisis mode, who decides to just leave everything behind and get some solitude for a little bit. He gets out into the middle of the wilderness as a fire lookout, and his only lifeline is via walkie-talkie to his survivor, or his survivor, his uh, supervisor, rather, Delilah, who is me. And your entire gameplay experience depends on how you choose to interact with Delilah. Obviously, she has missions for you, and, and you have to go explore, and there's a mystery that unfolds. And you can do all of that as a solitary guy and be very standoffish and stoic, or you can engage with Delilah and build a friendship with her or, you know, however you want to take it. And that's what narrates your gameplay. That sounds awesome. Was that a similar audition process to before or because you knew Sean already, did he kind of go, hey, you know what, I've got this thing. Sean called me three years ago and said, uh, I'm writing a game, female protagonist, are you in? And I was like, hell yeah. I don't even think it had a name. I don't think Firewatch had been conceived yet. He was just wanting to do something. I don't know. I, I could be speaking for him. Sorry, Sean. But I knew if Sean Vanneman was going to be writing it, I was in. Definitely. And what was the recording process like? Did you go into the studio? Was there more mocap? What was going on with that? Well, so you never actually see Delilah. So that's why mocap didn't really make sense. What Sean did, which I love, is that once they found Henry, who they cast uh, Rich Summer from Mad Men, once they found him, Sean decided he wanted us to have as real a conversation as possible, which again, doesn't happen in video games. Usually you record in your separate studios at different times and they mash it together to make it sound like a conversation. But what Rich and I did was we both recorded in our respective home studios at the same time and we conference called in with Sean and we got to actually have conversations. Oh, that's awesome. I really like that. So great. Yeah. It's definitely so unique when you hear about how everyone just goes, oh yeah, I didn't even meet the other character. <laughs> exactly. So it was really cool. And, you know, since Henry and Delilah never meet, um, Rich and I actually never met as well. We met at GDC in February last year after we'd been recording for about a year. But, you know, we, we live a mile away from each other in Los Angeles. And we were like, you know, that's that's the relationship the characters have. So we're just going to kind of keep it the same. I bet that made it work even better because you're such similar situations to the characters. Yeah, it was it was really cool. It was really cool. So what were like the main highlights of working on Firewatch? You know, getting to to come back to the same character over and over and over again, that's just something you don't get very often, especially, you know, as a woman in voice acting, a lot of times it's a one and done type of thing. To be able to come back to this character and slip into it like a like an old fuzzy coat, you know, it was just the best. And knowing that Sean and Rich were on the other line, who are two people that I respect immensely and I and I get along with really well. It's been so much fun. And to see the momentum start to build is just outrageous. I mean, it's been so exciting. Yeah, and it's finally about to come out. 
Six more days. Yeah, I know. I mean, at the time of recording, it's the 3rd of February, so it's only less than a week to go into a Firewatch. I'm actually sitting here sporting my Firewatch t-shirt. <laughs> you sat there in like all the gear. <laughs> I was thinking I'd drive a Firewatch car or anything. <laughs> <laughs> and was that all recorded from home, did you say, on the conference call, in your home setup? All of it, yep. Awesome. So what is your home setup at the moment? I had a whisper room until I had my baby, and then um, the whisper room went the way of the dodo. Um, now I have a closet, <laughs> and it's you know decked out with sound panels and a Sennheiser shotgun mic and my laptop and a preamp. Awesome. What preamp do you have? I have a cakewalk. Oh, cakewalk. Nice. Yeah, it's it's a little on the older side, but it still works pretty well. And just out of interest as well, what audio software do you record with? I love Adobe Audition. I love Adobe Audition. I know a lot of people like Twisted Wave or, or Amadeus or you know Pro Tools, but I, I love the Adobe suite. It's easy for me. I get it. I've used that since I started VoiceOver. Do you get to record from home quite a lot? I do. I'd say probably 60% of my stuff is recorded from home. The majority of my auditions are done from home. I go into my agent's office whenever I can, but I've got two kids, so sneaking away can be tricky. Yeah, it must be difficult. Yeah, most of my jobs are either within a 10-mile radius of my home or from home. Every now and then I have to go to Santa Monica, grumble, grumble, but... <laughs> oh no, life is so tough. <laughs> Stop at 405 for an hour and a half, but yeah. So it sounds like you've got a busy 2016 scheduled already. I mean, can you tell us much about what else is coming soon? Yeah, so March 28th, I don't know if you've heard of this little thing called Oculus Rift. Oh, I may have heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> With Oculus Rift comes a drift. And in Adrift, I'm the lead character, Alex Oshima, as well as a side character named Elizabeth Hunter. And that awesome. game is going to be amazing. It's so stunning. I don't know if you've seen some of the gameplay or the trailers. Adam Orth, who created the game, just has this stunning vision. And it's so beautiful. And he actually got help from um, some of the Weezer bandmates to write the, the score. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. And it's breathtakingly beautiful. It's scary as hell, um, but it's breathtaking. Ah, it's a horror game, is it? It's not a horror game. It's you wake up in space alone. Everyone else around you is dead and you have to figure out what happened before you run out of oxygen. So some people could consider it a horror game. <laughs> it's quite horrific. <laughs> <laughs> so do you play games quite a lot? I'm terrible at gameplay. <laughs> I die in like two seconds flat. I tried playing The Walking Dead, and if I didn't get vertigo, um, <laughs> I was bitten in like three seconds. It's terrible. I So I, I learned video games back in the days of the NES, you know, with like Super Mario oh, Brothers yeah. and stuff, with the flat paddles. And I learned to play upside down. Instead of my thumbs, I used my forefinger and my middle finger so that I could push the run button with my forefinger and then oh, jump wow. and not have to let go of the run faster button. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an interesting way to play. So when all the newfangled paddles came out, I was like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're not on PS4 or anything at the moment? <laughs> no, I do watch gameplay though on YouTube. It's fascinating to me. What's it like watching your characters back on something like YouTube to go, man, that's me. Sometimes it, it, it's really jarring, but sometimes it's really cool to see the way it's all been put together. Like even the gameplay with Firewatch, you know, watching how they did um, the scene where Henry's going after the teens and he finds the panties. <laughs> you know, it's fun to go back to that and remember how much fun we had recording that. But then to not get taken out of it, to actually live in the scene and follow the characters through it. It's really fun. That's awesome. Do any of your friends or family kind of play games and recognize you and go, oh my God, that's Tissy. Yes, yes. I have some 
some good friends who play a lot. Um, actually, my friend Anthony has offered to teach me how to play games so that I can actually play with him. Um, and then I have fans who will be like, hey, did I hear you in Bloggity Blah game? And I'm like, uh, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not sure if I can tell you yet. <laughs> so many video games are recorded under false names. And so when they come out, oftentimes we're not told that the game is out and that we're actually in it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I think it was something called Murdered Soul Suspects or something like that. And one of my fans on Twitter, um, he was like, hey, I think I just heard you in this game. And I was like, no, I don't think so. And he sent me a clip of it. And I was like, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> <me."> <laughs> well, I, I've got about one more question, Sissy, but is there anything else you wanted to cover that we haven't covered already? <sighs> There's so much good stuff coming out in 2016, and I wish I could talk about all of it, but the NDAs are insane. Um, I know, right? NDAs are, are like the bane of the game industry. <laughs> I know. I get it, but come on. <laughs> you know, if you if you play the game, if you enjoy any, any game, The Walking Dead, Firewatch, uh, Adrift, or whatever, let me know. Let me know what you think about it. I'm at Sissy Speaks on, uh, on Twitter, and I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. I have an idea. I do have another fun question to ask, actually, before the other fun question. Do you do many other accents apart from Belgium that you did for Kaya? I do a lot of accents. I actually do a lot of sound-alikes for celebrities. They're not available for trailers. They're sound-alikes. So oh, awesome. I'm currently doing Charlize Theron for The Huntsman. You know, she's a South African, but she does a, a British accent in a very deep voice. Oh, fantastic. And I do uh, Penelope Cruz for Zoolander 2. I need your help. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, I love accents. It's so fun. And of course, now that I'm speaking with a Brit, you're, you're like, your British is terrible. <laughs> well, you can get away with it because that was like mixture between British and South Africa. See, that's what I was going for. <laughs> you haven't tried pure British. I, I may ask you to do pure British just to Ooh. kind of compare. <laughs> Problem is I have an Australian friend and I hang out with her very, fairly often. And so now my British and my Aussie is getting totally muddled. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a bit funny how sometimes us Brits get mistaken for Australian in, in other countries just because uh, it's slightly similar i guess it is it is it's funny i had a i lived in spain for a little while and i had an australian roommate named james and uh he couldn't say james it was james it's you know every time <laughs> i write him an email it's j-i-m-e-s hi james i go back to that often for inspiration <laughs> <laughs> also and one more fun question to finish off with which seems to catch some people out and not others but if you could have a drink with anyone alive or dead who would it be oh man that's a great question uh you stumped me, Sam. Uh, yeah, that's the plan, you see. That's there's the a, plan. There's like 12. <laughs> Alive, I would say John Stewart. Um, dead, Eleanor Roosevelt. Any specific reasons apart from the obvious? Or? Eleanor Roosevelt was just such an inspiring figure. I, I just, I think she's fascinating and I would love to pick her brain about everything. She was just all over in, in politics and in civil liberties and, and everything. I think she was just such an inspiring woman. John Stewart, I mean, he's just hilarious and he's he's got a conscience and he's uh, he's really the voice of our time. I, I miss seeing him daily. Yeah, definitely. Have a drink with you as well. <laughs> More than welcome anytime if you ever come to the UK side of, side of the pond. Awesome. Thanks again, Sissy. It's been absolutely great having you. And we're looking forward to Firewatch and we're looking forward to hearing more of you in 2016 as well. Thank you so much, Sam. I really appreciate it.